0: Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scancella and Father Paul Bechter.
1: Good morning, good evening, wherever you're listening to this podcast from, Joey Scancella, Father Paul Bechter, Prodigal and the Priest. Reminder, you can visit our... We don't have a website. <laughs> well, we kind of do. <laughs> St. Ann Parish soon. dot org slash PTP. So, um, yeah, uh, if you're a web developer and want to develop an entire what? site and merchandise for us, we will graciously take that. So we're off to a great start. <laughs> we're tonight. off to a great start. So welcome to season two. We're excited to uh, be talking to you all. Um, I've been it's been fun to see how many people have texted me and just been like ah it's back i'm excited i was like wait people actually do listen to this every time i'm just like i'm i'm just surprised
0: i think i've only had one or two people text me and they were family i think so do they not count i don't know as part I mean, they of kind the kind of count uh, they're just like closer in the circle
1: Oh, like actual family member. I thought you were like, no. family told me they listen. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, great. It, no, like actual family. Actually family members. Uh, nice. I love yeah, it. I think yeah. my cousin,
0: I think it was him, texted me and was like, yeah, started listening.
1: It's and
0: cool. That, I feel like I'm just sitting there with you guys. It just,
1: like. That's what we want, people. We want you to just be sitting here with us. So, um We had a question submitted that I thought could kind of guide our conversation today. So you want to jump into it? Let's do it. All right. So this question was specifically directed to you um, from Kathleen. And Kathleen said, do you remember sins from the confessional? Okay, so let's just start there. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's a a multi-layer question. But I get a lot of teens and adults who always have questions about confession and more sure. I know we've talked about confession the power of going to confession that so I want to focus more on that like seal of confession and kind of mm. the cool nuances of it because she asks a very good question that um, I'm not sure I've I've ever <clears throat> well I work with teens so they don't always articulate deep questions so I'm not sure if they've gone this deep with the thought process so let's start there do you remember sins from the confessional
0: sometimes but they blur pretty quickly surprisingly quickly and I think it's in part just the sheer volume of confessions um and the fact that a lot of sins are the same right um there's probably some some grace (laughs) we really need some
1: diversity in sins people we (laughs) need we need you to like mix it up a little exactly no
0: it's sin is boring that's part of it Right. right like it seems enticing, but it's actually very boring. And it's the truth in life that comes from uh, intimacy with God and communion with Him that, like, are exciting, yeah. even though they may seem boring. Virtue seems boring, right, right? from the outside, um, but it actually fills you with this, like, this life and this excitement and vivacity, which just means life. But um, <laughs> <laughs> this but
1: life it, and life,
0: yeah, you know, life and life and life. But sin is is boring. So it's not surprising that, like, on the receiving end of of hearing confessions, like, I'm not saying that I'm just, like, bored. (laughs) Um, You're in the confessional. You're like, meh. But um, I don't know. People, like, sins are are very personal things. It's a big deal for the person confessing. Mm -hmm. But I think if they could sit in my chair for a little bit, uh, they would see, like, those sins are not exciting to hear yeah um what's exciting is when somebody starts confessing something that's really serious on their heart right because you can tell that like god's mercy is going to do something incredible right now right that's the exciting part and that's what the priest is rooting for but yeah the sins are kind of boring and so they do fade away right pretty quickly now sometimes people will talk about like like the the grace of sacramental priesthood, as like putting this instant brain fog on you as soon as You're like the confessions over. You're not able to remember. It's like the Jedi power of the mind Holy trick. Spirit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, that's not my experience. Yeah, it's but, not magic. But they do fade away, and since you can't talk about them to anybody, then they tend right. to fade away pretty quickly. Right, and especially after you know i have no idea how many confessions i've heard thousands and right. thousands um right like just give, give people a
1: perspective when you were stationed here as a parochial vicar yeah we had confessions um towards the end right we were doing what monday wednesday and thursday afternoon mass and so, then tuesday night saturday morning
0: yeah almost um okay yeah so during the pandemic, we started up here in confession every day at noon. Right. And then when we reopened more par- parish activities, that wasn't quite sustainable. So we just cut it back a little bit. So our current schedule, which is the same as when I was still assigned here earlier this summer, right, is Monday, Wednesday, Friday, starting at noon, um, concurrent with the noon mass, right, going until ideally one o'clock, but it's almost always more like one thirty right. at least. Right. Um, and that's always with two priests or so. Right. It kind of depends. Um, so Monday, Wednesday, Friday at noon to one. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday, 7 9. p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Right. and
1: More like 9.
0: Yeah, more like 9. Um, And Saturday, 8 a.m., concurrent with the 8 a.m. mass. So 8 a.m. to about, I think it's listed at 10 a.m. Yeah. Um, the and listed times are important just to go off on a little tangent because sometimes people like to... I mean the lines get long, and so I get it. But people like to sneak in at the end. But if the end normally feels like one thirty on a Monday, right? But the end is actually posted at one o'clock, and for some reason we've just blasted through the line. Like confessions ended one. We're not going to stick around till one thirty. So right. so when people do the the sort of late drift, right. like oh if I can just get my foot in the door before the store closes, like right then the lights have to stay on. Um, and there was a previous just, epi- episode yeah. we
1: talked about this and kind of saying, mm-hmm. yeah, you could say as a priest, like because you're going to do something else scheduled, like you don't have necessarily that yeah. obligation where it's like, no, I have this other obligation to go to. I can't necessarily hear this confession, right? And so um important not to abuse yeah. that where a lot of people will be like, can you hear my confession? And it's like, yeah, I want to. So
0: Yeah. Um, and so just to kind of come back around to the actual question of like an idea of how many, how many hours, like that's, that's a lot. That was sort of six ish hours a week. Um, and now in my current role, uh, I'm sort of, I feel like I'm on horseback just doing laps around the diocese sometimes. Right. Um, but, uh, Saturday, for instance, I heard about five hours of confession, two and a half hours at St. Anne and. And about two, maybe it got to two and a half uh, for a youth retreat I was helping out with. Awesome. And then Tuesday, uh, I heard maybe 30 minutes at UD and then helped out here for the two hours.
1: So, So if you had to boil it down, I understand there's some that take longer. People haven't been in a while. There's some that are probably a little quicker, people that have been more recent. I mean, what's an average? When you're going into something, you're like roughly... This long? Yeah. Um,
0: about three minutes. Really? Yeah. Huh. I hear confessions pretty quickly. Right. And so it depends on where the person is. But the thing is, like, as as with any habit, um, the sort of better you get at it, the more practice you have at going to confession. Right. Uh, the quicker you can go, and not in a rushed way, but right. just like. People who haven't been in a long time um, are normally not well prepared yep. to make their confession. Some of them are, but some of them, it's like God's grace just struck them at that moment they and, came said, and you "Go walk to confession." It. Yep. It's been ten years or whatever, yeah. and oh my gosh, I can't believe it! I'm finally going back, and so they show up and they can't remember a whole lot because it's been a long time and they haven't they haven't prepared, and so like those ones take longer because you have to kind of walk people through things. They're also super nervous. Almost yeah. always someone who comes to confession every month and has that, that habit, um, can confess relatively quickly and doesn't need to hear a ton of like extra advice from the priest. Right. Just an exhortation reminder of God's mercy and sort of an encouragement to keep going. Right. Um,
1: and so that's a little interesting math. You say <clears throat> about six hours a week, 60 minutes in an hour, 360 minutes a week, three minutes. So 120 confessions on average a week, right? Yeah. So I just did it, that in my head. I don't think that's right. Hold
0: on. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. 120? Because, uh, so it'd be about 20 confessions an hour, Um.
1: Which gives about 120 confessions. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, so now it gets into the fun part. I just want to set the stage there. Okay, so people understood a little bit. So Kathleen then says, so I hear priests say no. Okay, so that first question, right? Mm -hmm. Do you remember sins from the confessional? I hear priests usually say no. Okay. My answer is more of a, "Eh." Yeah, but... I've also heard that it can be a good practice to go to the same confessor each time. Why go to the same priests if they can't remember your sins?
0: Right, yeah, that's where the premise uh, breaks down a little bit, but also...
1: And and, and is this also... And we might get into it. Is it different going to confession within spiritual direction yeah. and just set? So some things yeah, yeah. that we need to kind of frame this discussion with when we're talking about it. So to one of the points, there can be a
0: value, even even if somebody accepted the premise that like the priest mind goes blank instantly right. <laughs> after confession, which I'm saying is not exactly the case, but yeah, also exactly. like, like. Yeah, you do forget pretty much everything. Um, But even even if it were the case that the priest remembered nothing, just blank slate every time, um, there could be a value in going to the same priest uh, because it's not like they forget everything about the person. Like there's a relationship developing there.
1: Uh, Are you saying about that individual person?
0: yeah, Yeah, like if I got to know you, and you got to know me, mm-hmm. maybe you would feel more comfortable confessing to me. Right. Um, And just the fact that I know you as a person right. might, I don't know, affect the advice or something like that. Right. Uh,
1: Which gets into, I guess, are you supposed to remember <clears throat> who actually stepped into the confessional or not? There's nothing in canon law about that, right? It doesn't go as <sighs> deep. You're, I mean, you're not going to talk pretty, about it. Right.
0: Yeah, the seal. So it's... It's really that principle of like, of like you want to protect this, of like building fences around it, right? right? This image that comes up from Judaism quite a lot. Like you have the law, and then you want to, you don't want to go anywhere near an occasion of breaking that law, right. and so you kind of metaphorically build a fence around it. And then, like if that's still too much of a temptation, you build another fence around it, and you right. kind of distance yourself from it still confessions kind of like that like you're not supposed to not not only not supposed to there's some of the most severe penalties a priest can incur um for i mean like involving writing directly to the apostolic see um and, uh, with a, an excommunication until very intense and, like it's it's very serious if a priest ever betrayed what someone had said in in confession that's why like you get these movies made about priests who are put in this position of like being, say, uh, unjustly accused of something. Right. Like there's there's one of them, I think called "I Confess," like a, a classical movie. Oh, Okay. Um, really good, and uh, it, it it's involves like similar it's, to it's like a murder. What was, what was <laughs> Stiesel? Stiesel? No, it's not similar to Diesel. <laughs> it's like from 2010s. Um, <laughs> No, this this other one, like, there's a murder, and I think the guy confesses his murder, and then... Cool,
1: cool. The, the, yeah,
0: <laughs> the priest ends up being, like, framed for the murder, and so gets put on trial, and he can't reveal anything. Like, he can't defend himself, okay because the information that he has about the actual murder came from the confessional. You can't act on that in any right. way. Because it would threaten the seal of the confession. so so he's he's willing to be condemned unjustly uh, for this murder that he knows he didn't uh, commit and he knows who did. Um,
1: So you literally, you're called to the stand. You (laughs) heard somebody say, hey, I murdered somebody, did something bad. You're called to the stand. Is it literally like you're guided by like canon law and like you plead the fifth? You just say, like you, you don't even... I can't speak? say you can't. You or can't you just even say, can't. I, I'm not answering that question. Yeah, I'm not answering. That I mean, question.
0: because even in certain cases, even to like allude to, well, that would be a matter of the sacramental seal of confession, might betray the person's identity, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you might be put in a position where you just can't make an answer at all, right? Um,
1: Do we have any stats on that? Like, how many priests in throughout, like? I mean, I feel like I hear about it—not a decent amount, but like uh, it's, it's a very heroic, obviously thing that is. I don't know. I don't think it happens
0: on that scale. Like handful, like, of hardly times. ever. Yeah, but but I don't know how we would know right. <laughs> either. Right. Um, and the the main reason I hear it come up is when uh, like a state starts getting more secular or more anti-Christian. And um, right now, for the most part, like Western states tend to respect the confessional as a as a thing, even if they don't like to acknowledge it. They're not going to they're not going to make a law um, which is going to um, intentionally like target and and Mm -hmm. force priests to try and uh, either violate the seal or go to go to prison. But every once in a while, that kind of thing comes up. I think it's come up in Australia, and I want to say in Louisiana of all places, or maybe Hmm. I think California too. Just vague memories over the last several years um, of like news items. I don't think any of them really materialized, right? But um, again, it's it's hard to know. So I don't I don't think. I mean, do you think
1: as seminarians, like they're like, oh yeah, that would be so cool. Like, do you think like early on it's kind of like
0: a this kind of zeal to go and like bear witness to the faith and exactly like go out and, and get martyred and
1: right, yeah, uh, probably okay. So, going back to the question, right? Like, hey, so if you're, you're oh, yeah, not why able, go to the same priest? Yeah, so, so why go to the same priest? So, first of all, my sort of
0: my philosophy, I guess, on this, I always hate it when people say that because it's not like a worked out philosophy but my opinion (laughs) on this is uh you just go to whatever priest is available um because just my experience is that diocesan priests hear a ton of confessions and the lines tend to be pretty long and so if there's a priest available you go to that one rather than and also i tend to downplay the role of actual counsel and advice Right. in the regular confession schedule um, for two reasons. First, um, that gets into the realm of spiritual direction pretty quickly, which is best left for another right. uh, arena. But secondly, we don't have enough priests to really do spiritual direction like that. And yeah. a lot of the work that's that would be done by a spiritual director can be done very, very well by having good friends who practice their faith and having a sort of small group environment where you can be kind of open and honest and seek counsel and advice from each other. Mm. Um, so what I'm saying is that we don't have enough priests for everybody to have a spiritual director, not anywhere close to that. The right. pre, the, the spiritual writers um, from several centuries ago who talk about the importance of having a spiritual director for everybody uh, we're in a much different context. Like Saint Vincent de Paul talks about stuff like that, mm-hmm. and he had like seven hundred priests in his tiny little diocese. Right. Um, we have like a hundred and seventy, including like retired and religious priests, right, in our gigantic diocese here. Um, right. Which is just,
1: why we've like <clears throat> developed programs for lay spiritual directors, different things yeah, like that.
0: Lay spiritual directors, but also like. The major thing that I do in spiritual direction is help people, is encourage people to start praying with Scripture every day. Mm-hmm. That's the central thing.
1: Confession. And well, right or no?
0: Yeah, and just accountability, right? To to that and to um, if they're struggling with any vices, right? Like, Those are the main things that I find myself doing. And those are not things that you need a priest for. Right. Um,
1: Which I I think that's the heart of what Kathleen is getting at in the sense of like, you look at, let's just take this example. I'm going to spiritual direction with you. I'm struggling with um, sin of excessiveness, right? Excessive cursing or speeding or whatever, right? Like, I'm just, I'm being very neglectful and. Entering into that time and time again, but I'm able to go to you to confession in spiritual direction each time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think what she's getting at is like, I thought you're not supposed to remember, but then I'm going to you in spiritual direction. You know that I'm continuously bringing this up so you can call me out. And it feels like a little bit of like a catch 22, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: So a priest is not supposed to bring up someone's previous confession, even to that person, if they come back to him. Unless the person says, like, you know, we can discuss what I confessed before, Mm. and brings it up in that way, so that gets you out of the catch twenty two a little bit. Right, but
1: it's a it's a little interesting, just nuance on it. Well,
0: so I I think it's just I don't know my experience of that, even in seminary, where um, often I would go to confession to my spiritual director. If, if you have an hour of spiritual direction, it looks like an hour of spiritual direction. Then at the end, you're like, oh, and can you hear my confession? Right. So like you're talking about the things that you're going to confess or have confessed or whatever in the context of spiritual direction. But then it's like, yeah, I also need to, to confess
1: some so of those or whatever. It's like you being like, gotcha, because, you know, they're they talked about it before the seal of confession started. (laughs) Well, that's, that's that's kind of it. Spiritual direction
0: is, is outside the seal. Right. Um, And then confession can be a part of that time of spiritual direction, but it's really something different. That's, that's a distinction I would make uh, for myself. Maybe that's not how every priest would act. And I'm not saying that they're acting wrongly. It's just, that's, that's normally the way I find it goes, whether I'm the one doing spiritual direction or receiving it. Right. Um, It's, mostly you either begin or end with confession right but then that's that's bracketed just a little part yeah and then so if i'm in confession like yeah i've been about.
1: like cursing blah 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 blah. but then it's like we're done confession <laughs> we continue to talk about hey this is where this struggle comes from all of this so we're entering into that yeah. yeah
0: or if it's spiritual direction first then you're like man i'm just cursing up a storm and so we talk about that and then it's like okay our time's almost up. You want to go to confession? Sure. Right. Okay. One of the things I want to confess is that I've yeah um, cool. been cursing up
1: a storm. So some other um, fun little things, I think questions, uh, things to articulate that are just interesting. What are your thoughts right now? And this was brought up recently in a conversation I had with a priest um, and talked about an argument with other priests about it um, mm. with the you know ten, too many priests. I know too many <laughs> priests. Uh, with, uh, but I've never asked you this question, so I'm just curious your take on it. With the government's ability to access phones and media, mm-hmm. it seems like there are some that I would say, so you should not have your phone on you if you have a smartphone as a priest ever in the confessional. But I don't and I don't know the percentage of what person what number percentage of people have smartphones, but it seems like a lot. So yeah. even if you don't have your phone on you, someone else, somebody else has it on them. Almost certainly. Yeah. Right. And I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not trying to go conspiracy theory. I, and like, I'm not, I understand the seal of confession. You're just going to plead the fifth. So even if they're like, we have this recording, you're not going to say anything right in the court of law. You know, we're really deep diving on the, uh, um, the uh, seal of confession, but just, I think that's interesting. And as technology gets better and better and people worry about those types of things, especially, um, with what the government can access and not. And, I don't know. Do you just have you thought about that, or yeah. do you have a take on it? Yeah, I've thought about. It. I have a take. And there's um, no official like church. No, no. Like, the, like, Rome isn't like you can't take your phones in the confessional. No, or, they're, they're like,
0: still discovering smartphones in r- Rome anyway. So like, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like 2008 all over again. Um, yeah, it's my take, is that. This is a perspective of risk management, right? The risk is that the government might uh, or some nefarious entity (laughs) might listen in and make public uh, something that was overheard by one of your smartphones or your smartwatch or whatever, yeah something capable of, of those things. And so in that kind of risk management, like you want to assess what actually is the risk, um, and what are appropriate measures. Because yeah. you can never eliminate all risk, right? right? If you took that, if you if you said, well, you know, there's always a possibility, then you would sort of <laughs> drive yourself through, through increasing levels of insanity, trying to like soundproof yes. the room and...
1: Maybe like an interference, like antenna yeah. <laughs> that's directed <laughs> right. that like, like... The whole thing's wrapped like, in
0: tinfoil. Um, because like... You know, what if they have a satellite or what if there's something underground? And so like it. Right. And those are obviously absurd. But the the sort of hypothesis that the government uh, could be listening through your phone is on a spectrum. Right. From where where that absurd thing is one of the polls. And uh, I guess the other poll would be like no one would ever do such a thing. right? Right. Um, and I don't know. My normally I'll leave my phone in the sacristy. Um, that's how I operated early on. It's not. It's become less and less the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know of priests who disable Siri, um, or disable like voice activated Siri, mm-hmm. um, so that at least. It's less likely that Siri is listening or whatever, right? Um, but I think it's just not that high of a risk. Yeah, like I know that I don't know. I know that technologically it's it's not difficult, right. but I think legally <laughs> it's very problematic. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah. How do you how do you protect against? against even just like the other person, as you said, having their phone, if you're going to start taking safeguards like that yourself, right. Um, shouldn't it be somewhat consistent so that at least you're trying to stop the same thing and telling everybody, leave your phone outside. Right. And that's just practically not, not possible. Exactly. Um, So yeah, my take is interference jamming technology. Yes. Yes. That's my first, first (laughs) preference. Um, same things they use on nuclear they submarines. They call, <laughs> yeah, what do they call those things? I'm thinking of like of like playing games like what is it called? Command and conquer or something yeah, like yeah, a yeah. billion years ago, yeah, these yeah. computer games. Um radar jams. <laughs> no, like some kind of it, like controlled explosion you set off that disables <laughs> controlled explosion. No, that that has a frequency or something that <laughs> right, disables right, right, electronics. Oh, right, right, right. I, I right. can't remember I what they're called.
1: Thought you're like <laughs> gonna set off something in the in the church here. You're like <laughs> just yeah. a little controlled explosion. Yeah. If you bring your phone, just in. for the record, I have never, <laughs> and will never. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Uh, so my take on that. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, that's not within sort of a reasonable expectation to try and prevent uh which means that it's outside the realm of your control which means to worry about it is going to like send you down an anxiety spiral because you can't control it right um so
1: awesome so has um somebody asked an interesting question as well with the obligation um That was lifted in March of 2020, which in case y'all didn't hear uh, this weekend, we announced obviously at the masses at St. Anne's that Bishop Burns has reinstalled the obligation um, uh, starting the first week of Advent. Yeah. November 28th, I believe. Something Something like that. Something like that. So with that, the person asked, with that removal of the obligation, was the obligation for somebody in and they're talking about specifically an immunocompromised situation mm-hmm. was that obligation to go to confession once a year removed as well since that was removed like the obligation was removed as well for somebody to attend Sunday liturgy
0: yeah, okay
1: um
0: <laughs> no, that's a good question that's a that's a good question so uh easy answer is no. Um, because the dispensation was specifically about the obligation to go to Sunday Mass. Um, now, the canonical obligation to go to confession once a year uh, is phrased slightly differently in different places. And in one of the places, it says, when you're conscious of a mortal sin. Um,
1: so so some would argue to say it's not actually required once a year, you're saying. I'm, I'm saying... <laughs> Yeah, some would argue that. You're saying there's a loophole.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a loophole, but I I think people, I don't know. Mortal sins are more common than...
1: Than people think.
0: Than people think, especially if you're not going to confession. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> like one of the, the great spiritual values of frequent confession, by that I mean once a month, once every two months, once a quarter, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that it prevents small sins from snowballing into big sins. Yes, Um, absolutely. And so (laughs) if if you're like, sweet, I don't have to go to confession anymore, like that indicates a little bit of an attitude of sort of that might lead you into spiritual danger. Yeah, Um, 100%. So that being said, uh, the real answer to the question is an obligation by the church uh, whether to go to mass or to go to c- confession never binds when it's impossible because of circumstances um, and impossible means not like physic Well, there's different kinds of possibility, right? right? Um, like I could physically drive to Florida and probably get there by the end of today. Right. But I would say it's probably Could you? impossible
1: for me to I have no idea know. how long it takes. <laughs> I, I don't know. That was like, a terrible example. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was
0: a pretty bad example. There are things which may be physically possible, which are just Amarillo. Not, are not reasonable. <laughs> Amarillo is close. Which, it's like eight hours, five <laughs> hours. There are things which may be physically possible, which aren't reasonable to expect. Right. Okay, better example. Uh, my grandma, uh, when I was a seminarian, I think I may have told this story before, but I was uh, helping my grandma go to church, and she fell when she was getting ready, Right, and hurt herself. I had maybe, to yeah. accompany her to the hospital. I could have left her <laughs> <laughs> at the hospital and gone to church, um, but that didn't seem right. Oh and so gosh. I didn't go to church that Sunday, and right. I was a seminarian. Whoa. And that was the first time I hadn't been to church any day in years and years, Yeah, um, let alone Sunday. So... Even though I knew the teaching of the church that like first of all, the obligation of charity supersedes everything. So if right. you're taking care of someone like that, um, other obligations sort of are seen in that light. Yeah. Um, but also if something's impossible, it's not <laughs> it's not expected by the church because it's yeah. impossible. Exactly. Um That can apply in situations where people are Uh, very sick or fragile or immunocompromised. Got it. That being said, you have to balance the physical good with the spiritual good, right? When you're considering that kind of possibility, right? If you're saying, I'm never going to go to confession again, uh, because I'm afraid of getting sick because I can get sick very easily and it might be dangerous. Like you may have to, I don't know, like really take that to prayer. like, how sure are you about that absolute right yeah. there? Is there another way that you could go to confession? Is it so serious that via you're Zoom. not leaving your house for anything? What's it? Via Zoom. Yes. Yeah, you, you can't <laughs> we, go to confession. I know. We,
1: we talked about this last year. Go back to one of our episodes. We'll So, like,
0: just the consistency yeah. thing. Like, yeah. like, is that consistent with the rest of the way you're living your life? Um, and if it's not, maybe that's a sign that you're undervaluing your spiritual need. To go to confession or mass. Right. Um, so. That's good. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: So you like once a month, though, general
0: practice. I think once a month is great um, yeah, if you're able. I think it's about right okay. if, if you're able. That would be if I were pastor of a parish and just trying to set up everything around like wanting as many people to receive the Eucharist in the state of grace, like well prepared um, as possible. Which is the ideal <laughs> right of right. uh, frequent communion is that you are well prepared for it, right. Um, there's a lot of people who receive communion who are in a state of mortal sin. And I yeah. hear those confessions all the time. right. I know I shouldn't have, but I I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's another thing that we don't really take seriously. It's just we in, in like a, a very sort of general way across right. the body of Christ right now. We don't seem to take that very seriously—the importance of being in the state of grace when you receive the Eucharist. Yeah, and so I would want to set up everything, kind of, uh, at least in terms of like schedule of the parish, around that principle. I think the big vision for the parish is it has to be oriented towards mission. Yeah. So like even this uh, sort of receiving the Eucharist in the state of grace is still subordinate to people being sent out on mission. Yeah. But it seems like a a pretty necessary condition of that right so anyway just if you're following my hierarchy of principles right yes. now over explaining again um i would want to set up like enough confession times so that people could have a good habit of going to confession yep and i think that would look like once a month or maybe once every six weeks something like that um, nice
1: cool one yep. other question um <laughs> Somebody asked here, I noticed sometimes like I, most of the time priests wear a stole, but there are times that you'll ask for a confession and they don't have it on them. What is the significance there? Yeah, it used to be the case that... And of course, it's just as put out, it's valid with or without it. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah no, but it used to be the case that it was the law that a priest had to wear the stole. So it would still be a valid confession. But he would be breaking a law of the church, mm. which is that he ought to be wearing. He should be wearing the stole. the The line that comes, I think it's from like Trent Council of Trent, some mm. somewhere around there, or maybe like just post Trent, but in some documents, I don't know. Right? It, it was the line was: "Let no one presume. Let no priest presume to hear confessions without uh, wearing the stole." Yeah, because the stole is the symbol of priestly authority. Yeah. Not authority to rule and lord over others, but authority to forgive sins that Christ has given. Um when he says, I give you authority to bind and to loose. Yeah. Um, so that stole is a really important symbol of that. Um, I hear confessions all the time without a stole because I've just honestly gotten lazy about carrying a small <laughs> one with me. Um, I used to carry one all the time. I'd have it in my back pocket. Mm. And then I put it in, like my backpack, and forgot about it for a while because I stopped using the backpack. It's a whole story. Whole story. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, priest life. <laughs> so it's not, to my knowledge, right now, it's not even against any law for a priest to n- not wear a stole while hearing confession. Mm. But it still remains like a the fuller symbol of what's happening. Right. Um. Uh. To wear it and. I think that I would probably go further than that, that like whenever possible it should be worn. Right. Uh, I don't know the specific. Well, and if somebody does, uh, email Joey and let him know. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Uh, Last question.
1: Um, What do you, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Last question. Do you prefer to hear a child's first confession that they're really excited about? Or somebody who has not been in, like, 30 years who's coming back to the church? Oh, man. That's a good question.
0: I know. I've always... I'm getting more used to kids, but I've... I've (laughs) But I don't really like
1: them. No, I
0: just don't really understand them. Like, (laughs) I don't understand how much they can understand. I still don't, like, understand thresholds of learning and, like, age-appropriate vocabulary and things like that. Right, 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 right. And so... Like I said, I'm a lot better than I was two years ago when I first right. got to Saint Anne, and I like hadn't seen a small child in forever or something. But uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's no small children in Rome. Oh, there are right. just, <laughs> just see them on the streets playing just and stuff for, like for that. exaggeration. Yes, exactly. Um,
0: but yeah, I'd say I'd say probably the person who hasn't been in a long time. <laughs>
1: I love it. All right, you got anything else? Anything you want to add Uh, about confession? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, (laughs)
0: Um. Oh, good. (laughs) Shouldn't have asked. So uh, to reiterate a couple things and just emphasize key points, um, like the priest is rooting for you. Um, I've really experienced that, that uh, the more confessions the priest hears, even if sometimes like... The priest can just be beaten down at the end of the day or yeah. whatever and uh, might be like moving a little quickly or a little impatient or cantankerous, something yeah. like that. Um, the priest is really rooting for you and is praying to have the heart of the father there to to make that, that heart of our heavenly father yeah. known to you in that moment, uh, yeah. who is like the, the father of the prodigal son yeah. in Luke 15. Yep. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing, it helps so much if you prepare before you come to confession. Mm. and by preparing it doesn't mean like exhaustive list of everything, yeah, um, but like understanding um what are the serious sins, yeah, and what are the less serious sins, yeah, um, understanding that you have to confess the serious sins in number and kind mm-hmm. um, as far as possible. Right. So, just to say, like, I did bad stuff several times, like, right. like, I was doing bad things, yeah. but now I'm over it. Like, that's that's not really being specific enough.
1: I, I, I stole some stuff. Yeah, right? I stole like, some stuff. Right.
0: Like, yeah. It's, it's better to be more specific. Right. Uh, that being said, you're confessing the action, right? Whether it's a, an action of thought or an action of not taking an action yeah. or an action of action. That's what you're confessing. You're not confessing all the circumstances. Right. You don't need the whole story in context. Right. You just need the action. I was prideful in my conversation with Joey about my superiority in uh the game of basketball um, Get here. still even today <laughs> with all of my back injuries. Um, uh-huh. Like that that would be sufficient. Right. Um I don't need to say you know, I've beaten Joey, like, at basketball really the vast majority of times we've played. He doesn't know I can mute his mic at <laughs> any moment right now. So so that's, like, to prepare to make a good examination of conscience. Um, and then I think the final thing I want to add is that it's not only that, like, the priest is rooting for you and that he's trying to... To make known to you through the sacrament, the the heart of the Father, but like yeah. confession is about drawing closer to Jesus Christ. It's about yeah. encountering Him. It's not a place of fear. <laughs> um, yep. Very good Catholics can get into a routine of sort of like I've I've just got a clean house now, and that's a that's a, an understandable impulse, like wanting to just get everything out. Um, but I think it's missing the sort of like, I'm handing these things over to Christ in this moment. Right. Uh, and when you miss that element, that's when the fear can creep in. What if I don't, what if I miss something? Right. Um, if it's, if you're seeing it as having a conversation with Christ, like, like turning back to him and repenting. Yeah for these things. And this is an occasion where God's grace can, can draw you deeper into conversion. So deeper into union with him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that fear goes away. Cause as the scriptures tell us like love and especially perfect love casts out fear. Yeah. Um, I hear a, a lot a lot of confessions, not going to name names, but I hear a lot of confessions where I just don't see that, that recognition that I'm seeking Christ in this moment. Yeah. And it's it's more like, man, I sure hope I get everything. Yeah. Because what if I don't, God's gonna gonna say gotcha. Yeah. And there it goes for the rest yeah. of eternity. Um so just some encouragement. This is in all yeah. the sacraments we we encounter Christ. That's what sacraments are. And when we encounter him, as in the gospels, he brings healing, um, and life, vivacity. Um life life. Life life. So seek him. Um and be not afraid.
1: As John Paul II said, be not afraid. All right. You just witnessed
0: me trying to land the plane and then coming back around for another pass.
1: That's right. And I'll just say, go to confession. Yeah. We have plenty of times here at St. Anne's. On behalf of Joey Scancella, Father Paul Becker, to say take care. God bless.